Hey guys, it's your boy Tito here. Before we start the show, uh, I wanted to bring up something that's near and dear to my heart, which is suicide prevention. Okay. Um, everybody knows somebody, unfortunately, that has been affected by suicide. Somebody was in pain that just couldn't take it anymore. So um, it's okay to not be okay, guys. It's okay, but you need to talk to someone. People are going to miss you. So if you ever feel a need that you want to talk to somebody with no judgment, call the suicide prevention hotline. It's going to be 1-800-273-8255. And for my veterans out there, my brothers, we got to be our own keeper. You see somebody posting something funny on social media, give them a call. Reach out. Don't just sit around drinking beer, talking about the old memories. Call your fucking buddy and live those memories again with them, okay? You underestimate the power of a phone call and talking to someone and telling them that you love them. Because I can tell you for a fact, like any other veteran, I have brothers of mine that I love. They're my brothers. We have to be our keepers, okay? So if you're a veteran and you don't feel like talking, like I'm not a big talker either, you can text 838-255. And what they'll do is they'll connect you to a VA responder. And they'll just communicate with you via text message and talk you up to whether you want to see a specialist or whether you just want to talk on, you know, on the line. That's okay, too. Now, vets, if you're out there feeling funny, also a resource that's available to you for free is the vetselfcheck.org, okay? It's going to be vetselfcheck.org. It's a self-test, okay, and just to make, you know, let you know where your head is. And also the, what they'll do is they'll link up a responder, a VA responder to you via uh, instant message platform, you know, at the end of the test. OK, so, guys, please reach out to your people. Be your brother's keeper, whether you're a motorcyclist, whether you're you know, a civilian, who, no matter who you are. It's OK to not be OK. We love you. Everybody, much love and respect. Let's start the episode. What is going on, guys? This is the Motorcycle Dad with Tito. Long time, no speak. Um, I'm really happy to be back with you guys. Been uh, I've been really busy with the website and stuff, trying to get the launch. Remember, I am a dumb jarhead that eats crayons. So the thought of launching a website or getting anything past Call of Duty is uh, it's a technical feat for me. So um, I kind of been one of those situations where it's like spinning more plates than I had at the time. So unfortunately, the podcast season two did have to get delayed, but no need to fear. Tito is here. We're back at it. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you guys real quick about season two. Okay. We're going to change it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to drop the amount of episodes. Uh, last year, I tried to cram a hundred pounds of shit into a one pound bag and dude, I dropped like 28 episodes and a few months. I think I started in August and all the way through. So uh, not bad, but I felt like the content was just kind of like it was a little off at times. There was times where I felt like I was just rushed to put shit out. So I, you know, I put stuff out and not that I didn't believe in the content I was putting out, but it just didn't have that that juice, that vibe. What is it? They say the sauce, not the juice, the sauce, because the sauce is forever. So here it is. We're going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go to 24 episodes this season. So we're going to look at dropping. I'm going to drop an episode this week, which you're getting right meow. And then what'd you say meow? But uh, anyways, then I'm going to, because I'm a little bit behind schedule, um, I'm going to drop another one next week. And then you won't, guys won't hear another episode until the week after. Okay. So what I'm going to try to do is drop an episode every other week. Now, as it is right now, I have nine people locked in for interviews. 
uh, for this season. Uh, you know, I'm trying to beef it up, get a little bit more, be a little bit more proactive, um, be out in the community a little bit more too because of uh, my business. So I'm going to be a little bit more face-to-face with some people. Uh, hope to hit, see some of you people in Las Vegas for some of these bike nights that are out here. Like I know um, Dianese Las Vegas is going to throw a bike night. I'm going to go out and help uh, and just go kick it and not really help. Just fucking hang out and fucking talk to people about motorcycles, dude. What else do you want? It's fucking life. So uh, we got some interviews coming up this season. It's going to be I'm, tr- I'm gunning for 12 to at least like every up- other episode we have an interview. I got a couple recorded. Uh, Big shout out to my homeboys, Joey and Vinny. Finally got Vinny on. Vinny, a long-time listener. Love you, brother. He was out here having fun. It was great to party with him and hang out with him here in Vegas, even though it was part work, too. And uh, Joey was like the guinea pig, and I really didn't feel good about how we were going about the interview anyways, just because it's my first time with the new setup with both the mics. I was trying this new plugins on my uh, on my laptop to try to get everything to work, and it just did not sound right. Like the gains were off. Not only that, I felt like I talked a little bit more over him because he's just getting back to the motorcycles. But you guys will hear that interview later because we're gonna do me and him are gonna do a redo on that redo. All right, so we're gonna have uh, twelve interviews. We're gonna have kind of pretty consistent with the the format of the show. We're gonna do some moto news. We're going to do, let me see, uh, product of the week. I'm still playing around with it. I'm thinking that I can pull it off, but if not, it's just going to be a continuation of Moto News for the first segment. Then we'll have our interview. Then we'll have, uh, you know, tips for the Joes, which are, you know, you, you weekend warriors out there, you guys learning how to do shit in your garage, you know, you ballers on a budget. I'll give you some information and try to help you out. And then the guy kickstands up for the pros. Okay. So this is going to be my, like my tech industry tip for you guys. Um, just something that I've seen and guys, I'm only Tito. I'm only one man. <laughs> you don't have to take it so serious. Like, Oh, I'm like casting out the 10 commandments of the power sports industry. The fact of the matter is our industry is changing. So a lot of these old fucking grumpy heads, you guys need to watch out because technology is come catch your ass. Not that a robot's going to take your job, but somebody with a little bit more charisma and in Instagram and a TikTok can possibly take your customers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the new format. And with that being said, we're going to get right into this. So with Moto News, now some of this news is a little old, so some of you guys may know it, but still big news to me, like Rossi, this is going to be, it's looking like it, guys. I think the the doctor, Valentino Rossi, if you're not a MotoGP fan, you've probably heard of the name Valentino Rossi one way or another. He's probably going to be considered one of the GOATs. Uh, I know Mark Marquez has given him a run for his money uh, the past you know few seasons in MotoGP. And I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of fell off on GP. I kept up on it here and there. I was more into it in the service, but I promise you guys this year, I'm going to keep up more on GP news this year. And me and my partner, because he's from overseas, he's from Italy. So he's used to, he's like, yo, man, all the hardcore fucking MotoGP guys are up early in the morning to watch the race. And I'm gonna try it a couple times with him and see if I could if I could hang. I don't know. I may not be able to, but with his beautiful Italian espressos or some Cuban coffee, I might be able to make it work. Now, I digress though. Valentino Rossi, as of right now, 2020 will be his last full season. Okay. Now they're gonna make their final decision around the mid-2020 season because they may bring him back for another season, they may not. But that's just like Jorge Lorenzo. He retired from uh, Ducati this year. Or was he with Ducati or Honda? I can't remember. 
he's bounced around so many times. I think he was with Honda last. Well, Valentino Rossi is now going to be Yamaha's track pro rider. He's going to be now their test rider. He suited up his test bike and everything. And I'm glad to see he's going to stay into stay in the sport or stay involved in the sport. Um, I've always been a fan of Jorge Lorenzo too. Granted, Rossi always took the cake, but I always loved that competition between the two of them. I thought it was phenomenal. I think they're both phenomenal riders. And look, guys, look at that. Even the best. Marquez, the past few years, has been dominating, and I think he's going to continue to dominate, being honest with you. I see this year Ducati doing a little bit better, and they should with their fucking nice-ass bikes that they got, especially that new Super Leggero that just dropped. But uh, I'm really, I think it's going to be a great season all the way around. So if you're a motorcycle fan, enthusiast, period, I think it's going to be an awesome season, whether you're watching MotoGP or AMA Superbike. Uh, and I'll be honest with you guys. I'm guilty. I am not really gotten as involved in his AMA Superbike. So I'm going to count on some of you guys. Please fucking school me. And I hate admitting it, but I'd rather admit that I don't know something than try to be like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. And then fucking look like a fucking idiot in front of one of you guys anyways. So I'm really trying to step my game up this year as far as educating myself more and getting more involved in our sport. And those are just some of the things I'm looking at. So Moto News, Rossi, MotoGP, done. All right, on to the next thing. Looking at uh, how some of the manufacturers are doing this year, because you guys know, you know, they, they dropped their fourth quarter reports uh, in January. So um, you have Polaris. Polaris sales are up 2% in the U.S. Okay. They attribute that to their ATV and side-by-sides, which anybody who knows Razor knows that they've been selling it crazy. They got a DOD contract, so good for them. And the other big changes for them have been the F, uh, FTR 1200, which is the more beefed up, uh, big boy version of the the scout, you know, for flat tracking and such, and the new Challenger. <laughs> I personally think the Challenger is having more of an effect than people want to admit it is. And I got into this little dispute with an internet troll because I was commenting on Performance Bagger. They posted something from Harley, like a demo video. Harley's like, "Oh yeah, their new 131 cubic inch." And when you looked at the specs. Now, as far as I can, I'm, I'm concerned, every spec that I've ever fucking seen from a manufacturer, minus it coming from Dinojet, the boys here in town doing it and giving you actual wheel reading horsepower has been crank horsepower. OK, and this guy got an argument with me. It was like, bullshit, you're reading the fucking specs wrong and blah, 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 blah. But then again, he was like, I was telling him, like, well, dude, a clapped out Honda CBR 600 could be the fucking Rogue Glide 131, you know, cubic inch, or whatever. A, a clapped out fucking Craigslist bike can beat that shit. You're fucking lying. Ain't no fucking clapped out fucking piece of shit jet bike. And Mike, I know, bro. That's what this dude said. Not me, bro. So I'm just telling you what he said. He was like, oh, this stupid blah, 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 blah. Now, ignorance is bliss because this guy, you know, he probably thinks his Dyna is the fastest bike on the planet. I once knew a Marine that thought his uh, Mustang was the fastest thing on the planet too, but still, it, I don't know, man. It's one of those things where they'll get humbled. I don't need to be the one to humble them. If he wants to believe that those readings are accurate, I just say the best bang for the buck is the Challenger reading the specs. You have people like Kerry Hart that are, you know, sponsored by Indian or their big Indian partner. And these guys have been riding them and have not broken them. They've tried to break them. I've been listening in the, you know, on the blotter, like keep my ear to the ground. Like, do I hear anything? Do I hear anything? Do I hear anything, guys? I ain't heard shit. 
I ain't heard a fucking thing, guys. I haven't heard not a thing about an oil pump, not a thing about coolant, not a thing about not a nail, not a. I ain't heard nothing. So if any of you guys hear something out there on, on the radar, even if it's like, oh, I heard a friend in front, fuck it. Put it out there. We lived in, in the age of information. The more information, the better. So Polaris is doing really good. They're on an upswing. I mean, they opened up a couple of warehouse facilities, one of which I know is here in Nevada. Um, so they're not doing horrible. Now to their counterpart, Harley. Harley is down. Fifth year of lower. This is the fifth year in a row of uh, low U.S. sales. Um, now they're they're trying to counter with uh, their South American and their Asian you know clientele market because those are the, the only areas that they've shown growth in in the past like ten years is in South America and the Asian markets. Now also they got away with uh, the tariffs of uh, the steel tariffs because for Europe because they're actually having some of their bikes manufactured in Thailand now. Now Harley's mission according to them, and this is from them, is they want 50% of their total sales, motorcycle sales, to come outside the U.S. by 2027. Because as it is right now, they've been mainly relying on the U.S. market. And we all know baby boomers are dying off. Um, ain't nobody got time to be spending no $30,000, $40,000 on a bike, especially if you can't afford it. You know, especially if all you can afford is, you know, let's just say $5,000, you know, use motorcycle. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, Harley. So, um, now they're looking to step their game up with their e-bikes and their balance bikes. They want to, they're trying to make some consumer electric bikes. I just think they're a little bit behind the power curve. And one of the things that Harley has always struggled with is bringing the cost of manufacturing down for them. They've always had a problem with that. I don't understand why, but I mean, I can't understand why, but I, I don't know. That's Look, I, and I want to sit back and be like the, the the special critic and be like, oh, well, you know, they'll sell enough T-shirts. But actually, their motor clothes sales are down this year, too. And I think I covered that on one of the other podcasts. They actually laid off like 30-something people from motor clothes at the company. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see how they're doing. As it is right now, everybody thinks that they're in trouble and they're not doing too good. And, I mean, I'm, I hope they think that the 131 is going to bring them the good juju energy. But I, I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't have enough confidence just because, like I said, the amount of money that you have to spend, okay, to get that 131 big fucking big B screaming eagle put in versus the fact that you're not even too far off on the specs when you can buy a Challenger for $21,000 starting. Of course, you know, there's going to be 25, 26, 27, but that's a lot different from telling me, oh, yeah, you want this badass performance. You got to spend over 40 G's. That's fucking crazy. That's that's ludicrous. So, Harley, you guys need to figure that shit out and drop that revolution motor. That new revolution motor is going to save your ass. So you need to pull your heads out of your asses and do that. All right, guys. So for my product of the week, my product of the week, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it with you guys before, but I'm uh, I've been networking. OK, and I'm going to go in a little bit more detail on that in the second segment. But I, I've been networking with a couple of people here in town looking at the Las Vegas community. And one of the products that I've come across recently that I've been using it now for a little bit. So I feel confident enough in seeing is the blood lubricants. OK, now uh, I found this out from my suspension guy. OK, and he was the one that really uh, the suspension guy that I deal with here in town. And he's a really great guy. I'll mention him a little bit more in detail in the next segment. But I never even heard of blood racing lubricants never even never even knew who they were until i, I met uh bobby from motor of suspension and i was like wow that's pretty cool 
you know, I, and he gave me a can of chain lube just to try out. And I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, I've been a huge fan of the Maxima chain wax for a long time. I think I mentioned that before. I even refer some people to it. Um, but I tried this chain lube from Blood Lubricant Racing or Blood Racing. And I'm telling you right now, guys, it's phenomenal. Uh, you're talking about clean and lube my chain. Like, I'll admit, I'm lazy like some of you. And I was putting the, the street triple out on rent. And here it is. I had to do the chain real quick. And it took me maybe like 10 minutes to get the chain done. So I'm telling you guys right now, look into blood racing. Okay. You're going to go to bloodlubricant.com. B-L-U-D, blood. All right. Check these guys out. I've used their hog's blood now um, in a couple of services. And their synthetic race oil, I'm telling you right now, the hog's blood, which is their 2050 for Harleys. It's great. Um, so far, we've been reading data-wise from my friend, his bike. He just did a trip to Utah on his uh, my homeboy Irish. He went out there and he was telling me he was running about between 12 to 15 degrees cooler, if I'm not mistaken, when he got to his final des destination, what he's usually used to running. So that's a huge thing for us out here on the West Coast, especially Southwest and Vegas in this desert where it gets fucking 115 in the summer and stuff like that. So things we have to be conscientious of. So... I highly, highly, highly suggest you guys go check out Blood Racing. Um, if you guys need the plug for the hookup here in the Southwest area, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Reach out to uh, Motor Rev Suspension. They're a distributor for Blood Racing Lubricants right now. Um, that's Bobby uh, Bobby Lou over there. And I'll go into a little bit more detail about that in my shout-out portion of uh, segment number two. Okay. And uh, that's pretty much all I got for you on Blood Racing. So here it is. I was debating whether I got this interview with Vinny. I was debating whether to put this on the first episode or not. But I really want to start this season two off on a good note. So without further ado, my ninja, my main man, one of my biggest supporters. Love you to death, brother. My homeboy, Vinny. Thanks for listening, guys. What's going on, guys? Motorcycle Dad with Tito here with my homeboy, for the second slash first interview, Vinny, say what's up to everybody, man. What's up to everybody, man? <laughs> Happy to be here, finally. Finally, right? <laughs> so, Vinny, for one, dude, I appreciate you because you're like one of my biggest supporters, for one, dude. You're always giving that positive reinforcement. And, yo, know, if you got friends out there that ain't supporting you, then they ain't shit. They ain't your friends. Amen. <laughs> so, I really appreciate it, for one. And then, two... Uh, I just been dying to get you on, man. I know, like, we can kind of do a Skype and shit, but you're out here, you know, for work, so I figured, yeah, why not? So, let me ask you this: Who do you work for now? We can not talk about that. Like, what do you do right now for a living? That you're in the motorcycle industry, exactly. Like, don't have to go into too detail, but how are you associated with the power sports industry right now? Um, and then we'll go from there. So, so. I got into it um, at Eagle Rider. Really bought a um, a motorcycle. 98 Honda Shadow from uh, Steve-O, you know, Steve-O, Ian, yeah. Ian's buddy. Um, shortly after starting riding, offered me a job at Eagle Rider, so I've been there for right about five years now. Uh, I'm the well, the general manager in Washington, D.C., and uh, out here for work. Just did a ride today to ride a uh, Yamaha MT-07. It's a lot of fun. How'd you like that? It was good. I mean, I I like Harley. I ride a lot of Harley. That's that's the main thing I get to ride because that's mm. the main thing we rent. But out here on the West Coast, we got Yamahas and KTM's and all the fun stuff. So I don't know, man. Like you, you kind of seem, and that's what I love about you because you seem like you're a fan of everything. 
Yeah. So it's like, and I feel like I have better conversations with people that are more well-rounded riders. Not that I have anything against anybody. If that's your flavor, that's what you want to ride. But it's like, dude, like, I don't know, it's like Baskin Robbins, bro. It's like, motherfucker, they got everyone more flavors, bro. <laughs> you tell me you just Trevidella, that's it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, that one guy was waving at all of us. And I was the only one on a Yamaha out of a group of like, I don't know, 40-something people, everybody else on Harleys, and this guy goes by on his Harley, waves at everybody, gets to me, puts his hand down, and then puts it back up when he gets past me. Like, come on, man. We all like motorcycles, okay. you know? So Just... the only people that I, I'll be honest with you, that I, I pulled it back <clears throat> once I realized. Scooters. Scooters. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the guys just like, yo, bro, like, the DUI mobile, get out of my face, bro. Yes. I'm not going to give you the, the deuces. I don't know, depending. If it's a ruckus crew, maybe. Yeah, they, maybe they're maybe. different. That's a big maybe. <laughs> so, had fun on the MT07. I did. All right. Uh, what do you do? You own a bike right now? I just sold a Honda CBR 500. Um, bought it when I was in in Virginia, just trying to ride some different bikes. Like I said, I mean, I just enjoy motorcycles in general, and mm-hmm. all we had was Harley. So, I bought a Honda, uh, rode it around. Different. It's a 500, so I mean, it's essentially a scooter. Um, but it was fun. I mean, just different riding position, different feel, definitely a different look. And I enjoyed it, but sold it and to see what I get next. Maybe an MT-07. <laughs> Moving on yep. to the next one. Yep. So that's what I was going to ask you next. What is the next bike or motorcycles that it's like <clears throat> on your laundry list of bikes that you have to have? Man, I need to hit the lotto. <laughs> um it kind of depends on where I'm living at the time when I buy one. Living in D.C. or Florida right now, um, the MT-07 would be great Like for a commuter bike. Go do a, a quick you know, 100, 200-mile ride, something like that. But if I was out here in Vegas, man, that Honda Africa Twin, like I'm, I'm about that bike right now. <laughs> yeah, because there were so many roads we would see. And I'm like, man, I could just break off right here and just climb up this hill if I had that thing, but then get right back on the road. So I've never really got to ride dual sport. I've done the, the GS 1200, Tiger 800, stuff like that, but mm-hmm. mostly on-road riding. So yeah, I keep hearing you talk about this backcountry expedition stuff. Like, I have to go and do that. So. Which is funny because I just talked to Neil yesterday, me and we were talking, and he was asking me, he's, like, thinking about coming out a couple days early mm. and doing some riding out here. And he was like, oh, how do you ride a big bike? And, like, I don't have a lot of experience riding 1200s off-road. The little that we have is out where you guys were at in your searchlight, mm-hmm. okay? Um, there's this, this pass called Christmas Tree Pass. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, five minutes outside of searchlight, it's like a like a like almost like a brown billboard to the side of the road in the middle of the desert, and it's like a dirt road. You hit that dirt road, you can take that road all the way, that trail, all the way to Laughlin. You come out on the other side of the mountains. Okay. So we've done that ride a couple times, and I've done it both on 1200, on, on a GS1200, and I did it just fine. But the stuff that he's going through is a little bit more technical, yeah. especially some of that <laughs> rocky shit. That's why I'm looking at getting a Yamaha Tannery 700 right now. Yep. Because it's like, it's a 700, so it's got more balls than a 450 to give me that lower end torque, but it's like super minimalistic. So it's like... It doesn't have all this fucking digital shit everywhere. Like, you can turn the ABS off, trash control. Your screen is simple, no crazy TFT display, none of that stuff. And it's really popular when it just came out. So, that's the one I'm looking at right now. We've, we've got those two. I was looking at that today, but just price point and everything, I ended up with the, the MT-07 because I think... And I fit on that bike well. I mean, I'm like five five, so... I'm, 
I'm just built for that bike. Um, Not for sure. But I, like I said, I ride a GS1200 too, so I'll I'll ride whatever if it's cool. So another bike that has like become very popular is the R9T BMWs. Yes. Okay. I like them too. Now it's funny <laughs> because BMW told us specifically because you got to think is the Germans a very good at engineering, yeah, and functionality, yeah, <laughs> and it's like. They, I made it perfect the first time, yeah. No need to mess with it at all. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Americans get a hold of it like, man, I want to put some bumper stickers on that thing in my <laughs> NRA. So, you know, we want to put shit on there. Yeah. And they specifically made that bike for accessorization, for ex- accessorizing and personalization, which is funny because they actually went back on what they usually do. Now, they have this thing. It's called the R9T Urban, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. My buddy Dagan has one. And it's the one that's like more off-road. The only downside we saw to it was it didn't have the ability to turn traction control or ABS off. Because when you're in the dirt, you want all that shit off so you can spin up and get over obstacles and stuff. And the ABS kicks yeah. in, you're going to have a hard fucking time. Yep. That's the only flaw so far. But besides that, he's taken it off-road a couple times, had fun with it. I mean, I'll be honest with you, if everything goes right with the business, I might be thinking about getting one just because, dude, they're just so fucking easy, bro. Yeah, it's a bulletproof fucking motor too. I I love BMW. I mean, I love, like I said, I love a lot a lot of the bikes, but BMWs are just I don't know they they call to me. <laughs> I feel like I'm obligated to love Ducati, and I do, um, but I obviously don't know as much about the mechanical side as you do. So I'm sure that there's a a trade off to all that beauty, dude. Yeah, I look, I, and this is what I tell people: I'm always coming at it from the fixed op side of things. I'm always going to judge them based on that because to me, the after sales, after the bike is sold, that has an extreme like ramification on the brand. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm always going to look at it from that angle. Now, from the artistic motorcycle standpoint, oh, dude, Ducati's fucking beautiful, bro. I remember the first time I heard Ian telling me about the fucking Panigale and how he <laughs> fucking, he's like, yeah, you know, he made it sound so nonchalant. That's what drove me crazy. I was like, why? Because he's like, yeah, I mean, like in fifth gear, I just rolled on and the fucking front wheel just comes right up. It is nonchalant to him. And it's just like, <laughs> dude, like that's a bad bitch that can do that. Dude, you just fucking wring its neck and it starts pulling up like that. Yeah. Ian's a bad bitch, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he Ian, rides the fuck out of those yeah, things. Yeah, he's an everyday ride. He's a bad motherfucker. So it's like, all right, cool. Now that Street Fighter, secretly the V4 Street Fighter, yeah. that's what I like the most. Yeah. You know, and it's even scary, too, because somebody died on one, so... Dude, the guy that was doing the fucking uh, Pikes Peak. Oh, yeah. That's the reason why they're taking a year off for motorcycles. Mm. Because, dude, he he was about to set the record, too. And it fucking fucking died. Damn. So they were just like, no more motorcycles this year at Pikes Peak. And he was going to break a record. It was crazy. But that was when they were first unveiling how how nasty it is. Yeah. Ducati has great marketing. Every time you see a picture of that bike, it's coming out of a turn. Like, you're just wringing his neck and the fucking front wheel's coming up. Yeah. So... And it's working, because <laughs> I want one, until you see the insurance on it, and then it's like, oh yeah, maybe not. I almost bought your uh, your duck, your monster, way back when, when you were in Fort Lauderdale. And, oh, you almost bought that thing? Yeah. But then you were like, nah, I'm going to keep it. I'm like, god damn it, man. Well, yeah, because I ended up trading it, using it as a trade-in. Mm-hmm. And you know what's fucked up? They ended up sending that thing to the auction. Just yeah. sent it to me. Shit. Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but they ended up sending it to the auction because they didn't they didn't know how to sell it. I was like, dude, it's fucking easy. It's an easy sell. I bought the thing cash. Yeah. I think I paid like twenty eight hundred for it cash or some shit like that. It yeah. was super cheap. 
And, dude, it was a great bike. Like, I missed it, dude. Like, I actually regret it for a little bit. I regretted getting the Harley because as soon as I got the Harley, everything started fucking breaking on that thing, mm. dude. Fuel pump, clutch, all sorts of stupid shit. So I was like, oh, fuck. That's what I loved about my Honda, man. I mean, it was old, five-speed. Remember riding that thing across Alligator Alley, mm. <laughs> pinned at, like, 70 miles an hour? I vibrated for probably 30 fucking minutes after I got off that thing, but... It never died. I mean, I changed the oil, I changed the tires, and that was it. Rain or shine, that, that thing fired up, got me where I needed to go. Because I didn't have a vehicle once I moved back to Florida. I bought that bike, 1500 bucks cash from Stevo, and that was it, man. I didn't need a car. See, that's exactly what I've been telling these motherfuckers, bro. Do that shit, because you didn't have no fucking bike payment, no nope. fucking goddamn <laughs> no car payment. My insurance was like... 80 bucks for the for the fucking year <laughs> and see most motherfuckers what they would have done is they would have gone and bought a bike they couldn't afford and got that bitch repossessed mm-hmm. <laughs> then they would have had shit yep. yeah but, ride the goddamn bus well you know you you learn that lesson when you're in the military so i did that with a car <laughs> anyway you know what i don't care what anybody says everybody does a dumb car purchase yeah for sure or gets married or whatever you know i i got them both out of the way early so that's fine Damn, see, you were lucky because I was I was engaged at 18. <laughs> no, this isn't, even though statistically it's everything says it's a bad idea. Like, yeah. no, this is a good idea. I'm different. I'm like, fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking dumbass. Between that and just, was I bought a fucking Eclipse when I was still stationed in Japan. Mm, back when it was an actual car, not a SUV like it is now? Oh, Crossover, yeah, whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah, I, well, I have the Eclipse Spider. Yeah. Because I've seen the Fast and yep. Furious. I love that car. <laughs> and it was actually a pretty sweet SoCal car. Because I just hopped in and fucking put the top down like a fucking good girl in the <laughs> sugar-free Red Bull and pack of cigarettes and fucking go recruit to PCH. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like a real white girl, dude. Yep. <laughs> Man, I'm away downtown, all that dumb Walk shit. Yeah. Get me started. Break out in some fucking Miley Cyrus. No shit. So let me ask you this: What's the next, uh, the next bike? Like, let's just say like this. I know you're you're working on some moves as far as motorcycles concerned. You're thinking about the next one. You mentioned the MT-07, but if money was no option, okay, <sighs> let's just say that, like the lottery, like you hit the lottery and it's like, okay, Vinny needs some toys. Like, do you have a top three? Do you have a top five? Do you what? What is your top? Everybody's top is different. All right, so I'll I'll try and pick like a top five. But if I hit the lotto, I would probably just buy like a power sports dealership. That way, I just constantly got new shit in because that's really what I love is just trying the new stuff as it comes out. But um, see, you might want to watch that because you might end up losing your ass. Well, I know of a couple guys, <laughs> and they're not doing too good right now. So well, okay, fair. Well, granted, that's because they're fucking jackasses. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you don't, you don't need people. <laughs> yeah. You just pretty you common just, theme. You can sell fucking <laughs> motorcycles to robots. Yeah. And fucking AI with yeah. robots. Yeah, yeah, with robots. Everything. You can do it all with robots now. Um, so I, I would get a GS twelve hundred. Probably not the adventure. Just I rode one of those. I didn't quite realize it was an adventure. Got on it. Went up to a red light. And I mean, it's tall to begin with, but I, I almost lost it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this bike is... Yeah, the GSAs, they're, they're big pigs. They're, man. They're, they're some big bitches. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big girl, bro. Um, so like a regular GS1200, just to go fucking play with it. Do some of that backcountry expedition shit. Okay. Um, 
and probably get something smaller like the Africa Twin just because it's a lot easier to handle, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it just it can't be as hard as the GS. Um, <clears throat> so something lighter weight like that. Um, I don't know if I would get a Panigale. Maybe to put it in my bedroom as like art. Ian's got me inspired to do that. Like, put a motorcycle in my bedroom as art. Um, but I really like the Super Sport, the Ducati Super Sport. I mean, I know it's like a sport touring thing, but so is a Hayabusa, technically. Um, but I really like that bike. I fit on it well. Um, throw some hard bags on there if I need to. So I think I'd get one of those. Um, probably, I would just go for the MT-10. Price was no option. Just skip the seven and the nine. But the bike itself was fun. I love the way it sounds. I'm sure the ten sounds better than the seven. Oh yeah. Um, what else? I think I would get a Honda CBR, just for like the nostalgia of it. That's what Steve O rode. That was like what I would see. I I love I love Honda to begin with. Um, and I mean, if money were no option, I guess the maintenance cost wouldn't be a big deal. But I just know that that would be like my bulletproof bike. So, and I just they they look cool in my opinion. Well, keep in mind, remember I was like turning that when, when once you reach that level of of like success, wealth wise, monetary you know monetary wise, mm-hmm. dude. Now your all your assets aren't liabilities; they're assets and they're yeah. passive assets because having all those bikes. Especially that, I would just rent them all. I'd just well, be like, oh, fuck it, dude. And Because at the same time, too, I can be as picky as I fucking want. You want to take my shit out for seven days? Fuck you. You only get it for two. Yeah. At the same time, I've got like five other bikes, so whatever. Yeah, what do you do? Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, man. See, now, I'll tell you, one of, one of the bikes that I love and I drool over is the S1000XR. Okay. Because the S1000, double R motor in it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's a new motor this year that I'm pretty sure they worked out all the kinks. I think they had an oil pump problem or some shit, one of my guys was telling me. But either way, um, it's more sport touring. So it's a little bit higher up. Now, they label it, BMW labels it as an adventure, like sport adventure bike. But I'm like, dude, I ain't never seen nobody no. take one of them motherfuckers off-road. Never. Never seen anybody take one. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there, some crazy motherfucker out there doing it, but... I haven't seen him coming through the dealership in the time I was there. Yeah. It's just a bad bitch, though. And I think me personally, if I was going to get another, like, sport bike, like, that'd be it. On top, minus another street triple. Because <clears throat> yeah. I think I want another street street triple on mine. The 765 motor this time. The TFT display. I wish I would have gotten to ride yours because that's a sweet looking bike. Dude, I know. But it's, it's making money for me right now. So it's fine. So it's, it's, my asset is no longer a liability. <laughs> it's fucking making me money. I'll come back. Dude, you're more than welcome to it any time. That's you. for sure. Thank just you. Just let me know when you're coming in so that way I can block it off on the list. Yeah. Or I'll just put in a reservation and that's how you'll find out I'm coming. <laughs> like, oh, shit. I got a hey. reservation. Also, I need a place to stay. <laughs> Look, all inclusive, right? Hell yeah. It's a complete package. Dude, you could run it like that. You know, just have this blocked off and if you had a private entrance or something, have the keys in here for the bike, rent everything, just do a whole fucking vacation. Do trust me, I'm working on, I got something on my sleeve. I can't, I can't put myself out there like that. Right, but sorry. There's, no, it's all good, bro. It's, but there's, there's plans in the works. There's something like that. Not quite. Like, I didn't dream that big. See, you know what's funny? I've always noticed, it's like that with motorcycles too. If it's like, 
oh, I'm just going to dream small. And it's like, no, dude, you're not dreaming big enough. You got to go bigger. Yeah. Because I never saw myself working on baggers or fucking riding electric lights. I, the biggest bike I'd ever ridden was a fucking R1 when I started working at Eagle Rider. And it was like, all right, let's see what you got, moving them big bitches around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting challenge for me. So I'd never ridden a motorcycle before buying that one from Stevo, And then I start working at Eagle Rider and... The day I bought that bike from him, I rode it from his apartment to the apartment I was staying at. My dad was behind us. He was on his CBR. And we get right in front of my apartment. And I just toppled over. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Just, I mean, it's my first time on a motorcycle. That's what the fuck happened. Um, Yeah, and dropped it. So that sucked. But then working at Eagle Rider, you're going up to these 900-pound Electroglides. And I'm like, I've got to move. 20 of these things a day statue of limitations right i dropped several of them i mean here and there you learn how to pick them up i mean i've gotten better i haven't dropped a bike in quite a while knock on wood but it's um it's a whole nother animal moving those fucking things man especially being short like i can't just sit on it and push it back if there's any kind of hill so i've learned all kinds of interesting little tricks yeah so yeah where you use the bike <clears throat> In your favor. Yeah. It's like use it to rock back and forth and shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm part of a little leg munching crew, dude. <laughs> so I know. I was in a little in on the platoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Beginning of the height line for me. It's a fucking beast. <laughs> Let me see. So, what is like a riding experience that you haven't experienced yet that you want to? Like track or anything like there's like specific ride or like an event or. I I would like to do track. Um, my cousin Sergio Dimolfetta two nine eight. Um, he races. He does Ducatis. Um, I can't remember the exact classes he does, but some some kind of super sport class. And then he also does supermoto. Um, I always like supermotos. I don't know. They're just they're really cool in South Florida where I am. It seems like a really reasonable thing to have there. Um, so that's always been fascinating. Plus. When I go watch him race and he does those, it's usually like 80% track and then 20% dirt. And that's, I don't know, that's cool. There's jumps and shit. So it's not like super cross or anything, but that's it looks like a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, dude. It's really technical. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a couple people that do it, and it's like, it's super technical. Yep. Especially in the transitions. Going yeah. From fucking, going from track to dirt, they're like, that's the sketchiest to learn. Yep. And we start getting airborne. And then you see some of these professionals, like guys that are in real professional leagues come out there and do that. It, it's fucking scary. I'm like, are you guys fucking serious? And they are serious. It's, they're flying through it. Like, they don't give a fuck. It's like a practice course for them. It's insane. Saddle time, brother. Yeah. That's all it is. Those guys, like I said, I've noticed that the guys that get into it, they're hardcore. Like, even the guys that start off light, they're not sure. Like, once they get hooked, they get fucking hooked. And you look, and they're out there, like, every weekend. Like, yeah. wait a minute, motherfucker, you were just out there last weekend. And like, yep, I'm here every weekend now trying to get better. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the thing. So, besides that, is there anything, like, any, like, rides, like, bucket list rides or, like, we kind of work all we, and that's the thing. Like being an eagle rider, you get kind of desensitized to like all the rallies because you like you end up working them. So it's like, yeah, oh, uh, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, brother, let's go to Sturgis. And it's like, ah, uh, dude, I've worked Sturgis like three years in a row. I don't really want to see the people that I've been working. I worked. I worked in Denver for Sturgis two years ago, and I got to ride up to Sturgis right after the rally ended, which was wonderful. There was nobody on the road. 
I rode from Denver to Sturgis, all these back roads, almost ran out of gas because I didn't really plan ahead because I hadn't really done a ride like that before. Yeah. But I took an Electroglide up there, and um, that that was wonderful. And then went and saw Mount Rushmore because why else would you go to South Dakota, Sturgis or Mount Rushmore? And I'm not flying up there for either one of those things, so <laughs> I get it out of the way while I was there, but it was cool. Um, and I took a soft tail for that one. Um, I don't know of any real places specifically that I would want to ride. I just want to do more adventure riding. Okay. Um, like peak to peak, I guess is one in Colorado. I don't even know what peaks they are. That's just what people call it's it. It's like Pike's Peak and something else. Yeah. So Dante's Peak, whatever. <laughs> Fucking Tony. I still remember <laughs> when we got to Ure, Colorado. Mm-hmm. He was asleep and he woke up. He was like. Man, where the fuck we at? Dante's Peak? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not sure if it's Dante's Peak or not, but it's like, uh, it's Pike's Peak to some other peak. I yeah. Remember. I did Pike's Peak while I was in Denver. I did that on the GS 1200. That was phenomenal. I mean, terrifying, but phenomenal. Because that was the first time, was that the first? Yeah, I think one of the first times I've ridden in a state outside of Florida. Yeah. So Florida to Pikes Peak, where like you get to the top of it, and I'm taking three steps. I'm like, am I fat or is the oxygen yeah. really this thin? I'm out of breath. Yeah, it was a little bit of both, probably, but um, it was awesome. And then looking at all these roads out here in Vegas and um, the surrounding area, like I just I want to just break off and go do desert stuff. Um, but yeah, just anything kind of off road now, like that's what I want to go do. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm into now, too. Yep. Even though I sold my little dirt bike, I'm sad about that still. But I'll get another one here soon. Yeah. But, no, it was fun, dude, because, like, here it is. We were able to go shooting, like, the very next day when you got in. That was awesome. To go out there. And, <sighs> dude, we've done that where it's, like, the boys are fucking taking adventure bikes and running out there. Yeah. Pistols and fucking, you know, the We saw a couple out there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the way to go. Just get a backpack full of guns and go right out into the desert. Yeah, nothing to see here. Yeah. But it's like, it's Nevada, <laughs> bro. So it's like, it's like you think about it because you can see the 15 from where we go to shoot at. And mm-hmm. it's like, always weirds people out. Like, the freeways, right? The fuck there? Like, yeah, dude, why not? Like, dude, we used to bury nuclear waste out here. I mean, it's like anything past that, it's, you know. Yeah. You know, gambling and whores, like, it's no big deal. <laughs> Everybody's preoccupied anyway. Yeah. So, well... Look, man, thanks for coming on. Uh, I can't, I can't wait uh, when your journey's bringing you back out here to the West Coast, bro, so we can do this again. Yep, we'll go for a ride together this, next time. No, for sure. Sure. Not the, not the mandatory, the Mando fun. Yeah, mandatory fun. I love it. <laughs> it's all good, but no, man, I, seriously, I appreciate your support, dude. Appreciate you listening. I love it. And, dude, I'm glad to finally have you on. It's I'm glad great. that you've, you're doing this stuff, man. I It's you've got a very soothing voice and I've done a lot of driving for Eagle Rider so I'm waiting for you to come out with a new episode I'm like I'm going on a drive is Tito coming out with a new one and like oh no just missed it or yeah you did it just in time like yeah it's it's cool I'm happy maybe, for you maybe Proud I'll you. do audiobooks now we <sighs> is be chilling and shit yes. <laughs> my voice is very calm up in this motherfucker like read, just... read the David Goggins one cause he yells all the fucking time and you're like very chill so I think you reading that book would be like a weird kinda well it's funny cause I, I've gone from that extreme of being like the fucking like ah, 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 <laughs> like now I'm chill everybody's like man what the fuck is up with you bro it's all this legal weed out here right? yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's all the legal bud that's what it is yeah all right, buddy. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, it really means a lot. All right. Hey, guys. Tito back here. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Vinny. Uh, 
like I said, I apologize because when I went through and I listened back on that, I figured out my gains weren't doing good. Like something was happening with my plugin, but I wanted you guys to hear more of Vinny talking to me running my mouth anyway. So please, please, please forgive me. The quality of the audio is something I've been trying to improve on drastically uh, since I started this shit. And I'm going to continue to push to try to get it better. Mind you, like I said, I'm just a dumb jarhead that eats crayons. I'm no fucking expert. So I'm just making this up as I go and YouTube University and trying to figure this shit out, guys. All right. So, guys, this leads me to my tip for the Joes. Okay. Now, I mentioned before that I rent my motorcycle out on RiderShare program. So uh, I've used RiderShare up is the primary one that I've been using. And then also I missed, uh, mentioned that it's uh, Twisted Roads, okay, or Twisted Road. Um, so I wanted to make you guys aware of a recent negative experience I've had with these guys, okay. So from the beginning, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Um, I got a message saying that it was somebody was inquiring about renting a bike, like I normally do through my the other platform, Riders Share that I use. Um, but it would not allow me to message this person back when I logged into my login, which um, writer share is kind of like offer up. They highly encourage all the communication be filtered through the platform. So that way, in case anything happens, you have some kind of record like, you know, be like, hey, look, man, I'm running late. And then I try to say, you never told me. And then guess what? Like there's a message there said he was running late. So how are you going to charge him? That type of stuff. For one, that was lacking in Twisted Rope. So that was strike number one with me. <laughs> strike number two is the fact that the customer stated that something was happening with his login. It wasn't him allowed to view. So the guy text messaged me personally because I was like, yo, who is this? Because I'm used to all the communications coming through the platform, you know, the message center through there. So I was like, okay, whatever. The guy was really cool. And uh, he kind of got me because I forgot completely about Twisted Road and where I changed my pricing on RiderShare did not change my pricing on Twisted Road. So he shot me. He saw that I had my bike more expensive on one site and he rented it from Twisted Road and hopefully admitted it to me. And I mean, it's not his fault. It's mine. I didn't change the fucking price. So why am I going to be mad at him for it? So either way, it was only a two-day rental. wasn't a big deal. I was still going to make 98 bucks after Twisted Road took their cut. Now, for one, during the checkout process, the checkout process took three times longer than it does a rider share because their fucking website or their checkout process is a fucking soup sandwich, okay? it It's not... The only reason why I think I was able to navigate it as quickly as I was was because I have experience using rider share and kind of know what to look for. Um, if I was a first-time renter on Twisted Road, I'd be lost. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? What, what is this? Um, whereas RiderShare breaks it down kind of Barney style. Put your mileage in. Put your fuel level. Picture the front. Picture the back. Left, right. You know, all that shit. Twisted Road has that feature, but you have to go digging for it. Like, you have to fucking look for it. Like, wait a minute. Do I put the picture here? And even then, their platform website is fucking horrible. Okay? So checkout process i had to actually take extra pictures and save them on my phone because i wasn't sure if they saved to the website website didn't tell me shit that was first things first okay so let's get to later on renter returns i take one picture and then of the odometer and that's it it closes everything out and i'm like okay there is no way for me to like make extra notes or anything like there was some notes excuse me guys there were some notes in there but it was like, it didn't really say, it just said notes. Like, it didn't say like, how'd the renting go? Or was there any problems or anything like that? It was like notes. 
So I was like, great renter. You know, he communicated with me. The guy was really cool. He ended up, you know, staying right down the street from me. So that was really great and convenient for everyone. Now, the inconvenient part. Now, with Rideshare, I never have had to submit my social security number or anything. The only thing I had to submit was, you know, my bank information and such like that, because absolutely, it's a form of income that has to be reported on taxes. Now, I know you guys are aware of all the Equifax stuff that's been happening. The, you know, the Chinese have, you know, hacked, hacked Equifax and got social security numbers. So, yesterday morning, I get a text message. Hey, this is so-and-so from Twisted Road. Please enter your social security number on the website so we can administer payment. Well, for one, why the fuck are you texting me? All right. And especially it was iPhone to iPhone text. So it was some Johnny Ravioli bullshit. Like, so some dude sitting in a fucking, you know, some fucking small ass office somewhere. I don't know. I'm speculating at this point. I'll be honest with you. And uh, I'm like, okay, but why the fuck are you texting me? <laughs> like, why are you texting me this? Why did I get an official email? Oh, well, we're doing this out of convenience. Well, dude, you re- you see the news, you know, all oh, people's social security numbers get stolen, stolen identity. With, with uh, cybersecurity, you can never be too safe. So I'm like, okay, but still, I don't have to do that with Ridershare. Why do I have to submit my social security number? Well, we report to the IRS for you. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have an accountant. Um, I have a, a tax person. I don't need you to, I'm not paying you for that. Paying you to rent a fucking bike. That's what I, that's what the fees you charge me for. Okay. Um, uh, we went back and forth via email a, a couple because he texted me that, and then I switched over to email. I emailed their help desk, which wasn't very helpful at all either, because they were saying, "Well, none of our employees are ever going to see your social security number on this end, but we're here to help you, assist you with uh, putting in numbers for your taxes." But I'm like, okay, if no one's going to see my social security number, how the fuck are you going to help me with my taxes? Now, guys, I know I'm probably being over paranoid, but being over paranoid has saved my ass, especially when it comes to cybersecurity items as that. I just don't give out my social security number freely. To me, it was kind of the equivalent of maybe my business partner at one in the morning calling me, turning up in the Vegas club, being like, yo, bro, what's your social security number? I need it for the accountant right now. It was like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you need what? So I decided that $98 wasn't enough, for, you know, wasn't a big enough price for my security. So uh they at that point they actually deactivated my account before i could go before i can do anything because i guess when i replied back to them i was like hey my accountant wants to know is this 1099 related you know or not and i was like no offense but i was like dude equifax got hacked you guys are no equifax so why would i trust you with my social security number when we can't even get a check-in and checkout process done properly or efficiently just put it that way you know so your website's all Johnny Ravioli and fucked up, but you want me to trust your website enough of my social security number. Get the fuck out of here. You fucking smoking crack if you think I'm going to trust you. After that's... Now, granted, if everything had gone smoothly like Ridershare, I'll be honest with you, where it was like, you know, everything was broken down by the numbers and it was a very easy check-in and check-out process and no one had any problems, I would feel a lot better and be like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll let you report whatever to the IRS. Maybe, maybe, I'm not saying I would, but maybe I might've considered it. But it's like, I go through that big debacle and then you're gonna ask for that before you can administer my payment? Fuck it, keep the goddamn money. I don't want it. <laughs> you know, cause obviously you guys got more problems than you. And then I went and checked them on a Better Business Bureau. I did not do my research enough. They're ranked three stars in a Better Business Bureau. They have, even though they claim to have these folks, oh, like we're the highest ranked. Where? Who fuck says that? Oh, we're the highest ranked rental service. 
Because last time I checked, RiderShare is a lot better and more people ran off of RiderShare and RiderShare has been around longer. So, moral of my story is, Twisted Rogue can go fuck themselves. I don't recommend anyone use them, okay, until they get their shit straight. And the only reason why I say this too is, I went back and looked through the history and saw that people were having problems with this shit a year ago as well. Renters, owners. So, notice the trend. Okay, there's a trend here. That's my job, trend analysis. It's not just one fluke or something funny. I've never had a problem with ridership. Never. And for you guys that are like, oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. They got to report to the IRS. I understand that. Okay. But like I said, if you are incapable of getting the simple functions, the simple things taken care of, then why the fuck am I going to trust you with that kind of information? Why? So... There's my rant about Rider, uh, about uh, about Twisted Road. Fuck them, don't use them. Use Rider Share. Rider Share, big shout out to you guys because you guys are doing it right. Okay? And keep it up. So that's my tip for the Joes. Now, moving on to kickstands up. My tip for the pros. Now, I've been doing a little bit of soul searching, a little bit of research, a little bit of networking. Uh, like I was telling you, I've been networking with some people because, guys, the fact of reality is our industry is only going to survive if we have each, each other's backs. Okay. And my kickstands up pro tip of the week is going to be, guys, network, network, network. Networking is something that I I was good at my younger age of my career. I'm still, you know, halfway decent in it with it because I can talk to people and not be like, hey, what's up? Hey, hey, goomba, goomba. Hey, you know, do all that shit. But at the same time, guys, we take our job very seriously in this industry. And I know there's some guys that take it too serious. And guys, technology is lovingly in the playing field. So my advice to all you guys is look, no matter what dealership you're at, you know, if it's a crappy one, if it's a great one, you guys need to brand yourself on social media, push yourself out there, have fun with the job, and remember why we're in this and why we started doing this career, okay? Um, network. I know there's some techs that, dude, are super fucking grumpy and they're setting their ways and there's nothing fucking wrong with that. I'm not going to sit here and bash them. I've learned a lot from guys like that. But the reason why I say network is, guys, you never know. We are in a fucking very small community. And I'll give you an example, okay? Two of my friends... Uh, I've known both of these guys now for, you know, separately for several years. Uh, both ended up going to, as a matter of fact, it was my homeboy, uh, my homeboy Ariel, my homeboy Mikey. Mikey. It was funny because I saw on Ariel's feed, like, oh, yo, he's in Phoenix for Harley training. That's great because, you know, he's my homeboy in Colorado. And then my homeboy here in Nevada, Mike, he messages me. He's like, yo, bro, what's up? Like, I'm in, you know, Phoenix for training. I was like, that's funny. Like, I have a, another friend there. And here it is. I texted back. I was like, hey, bro, you might want to go holler at this dude. His name's Ariel. He's got sleeves. His hands are covered. Everything's covered with tattoos. Cool dude. Little did these guys know that both of them worked at Eagle Rider. Both of them worked at the same Eagle Rider location at one point in time. Knew a lot of the same people. And both of them worked for my last European-based motorcycle dealership and didn't know it. They didn't know it. So that just goes to show it's a small fucking world. And save those contacts, guys. Network reach out to people you never know when that shit's going to save your ass and trust me the only reason that i've been able to be as successful as i am besides grinding all my life and keep that grind going and all that shit is 
the fact that there's times where I was in pinches and I hit up contacts that I network with and be genuine. Don't just fucking be like, oh, I'm just hitting you up for stuff. But reciprocate the networking. Like, somebody needs something, be there for them. And it saved my ass. It has a couple of times professionally where it's like even some of the people that I was working for that were higher ups, they were just like, how the fuck did you manage to get that done? It's like, dude, I just happened to know somebody that worked there and made a call. So I highly, highly, highly encourage you guys to network. And But at the same time, when you're networking, keep it positive. Guys, if you know a dealership is shit and you don't want your boy to go there, then just tell him, like, look, dude, in all honesty, you know, I don't think you'll be a good fit for the place, blah, blah, blah. It's no re- reason to drag the place through the mud. And the reason why I say this is, for one, you never want to burn a bridge. Just because one dealership you went to had a bad GM at that time, bad director, bad whatever, and it was shit, doesn't mean that the next guy that they come in and replace, the shit guy is going to be shit too. There's been times where I've heard horror stories about dealerships and then I go there and it's like, oh, well, you're not the person they were talking about. And the dealership is phenomenal. Even shit dealerships need shit employees at times. So it's not a fact of looking at people and judging them and being like they're shit. It's more finding the right place for them. So if you know there's a lead and you know, like, hey, you know what, homie, like, I know you're super strong and off-road, but they just do road racing, you know, and that's their bread and butter is track. Then you probably might not want to recommend that person there if you know they're going to struggle skill set wise. Now, if you think they're up for the occasion and challenge, by all means, recommend your homies put your people on and network because you never 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 know how small this industry is and how that shit's gonna go like uh daryl bassani ended up calling me at the shop one time how the fuck did daryl bassani get my number anybody that's not educated bassani exhaust company has been in the game for years they've done racing exhaust for harleys they do them for everything harleys mustangs roms you know uh fucking triumphs they make exhaust for it and somehow Daryl Bassani got my number. So, and, and when I met with him and he was, of course, he was like, I was like, Mr. Bassani. Oh my God. You know, he's like, no, bitch, just call me Daryl. Super. I mean, you talk about the salt of the fucking earth. Great, 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 great guy. OG up in the game, dude. And his, uh, I think his VP of marketing, Duncan just happened to be a Marine. So me and him linked up and started talking. He told me, he's like, yeah, dude, the industry is about as small as his pint glass. So it's really important, guys. Network, leave a positive experience. Just because you work at a crap place doesn't mean you have to be crap too. Be professional, rise to the occasion, and I promise you guys, no matter how shitty a situation you're in or how good of a situation in, it will get better if you be professional, network, and stick to your cues, okay? Because guess what, guys? All these guys we want to judge, all these young punks coming in, well, they're the future of the industry. So you can either cast them out and judge them and be like, fuck off, and then they're going to learn the bad way, where you can bring them into the network, bring them into the circle, and teach these motherfuckers the right way, dude. You know, we we have a lot of responsibility as older guys, and I'm not even an older guy, but somebody that's been in a game as long as I have, we have responsibility to these guys and to the industry that we love to teach them the right way. Now it's on them after that. If they want to be a piece of shit or a turd burglar, let them fucking be a turd burglar. That's going to be on them. But don't shut them down before you even give them a fucking chance it'll be the biggest mistake you ever made trust me some of the best friends i've made thus far have been people that at first i was like "Ah, i don't know and now we're fucking homies to the core so and they got my back no matter what so that is my kickstands tip of the week network 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 guys 
All right, so now my shout outs. My shout outs, my shout outs, my shout outs. Hmm, who's on the list? All right, first of all, first shout out is going to go out to Bobby Lou here in Las Vegas. He is one of the suspension guys, if not the suspension guy to go to here in Vegas. Um, he's the one that put me on the blood lubricants. Um, also, I've been talking with him here and there because I've actually been trying to get him on the podcast. I think we're going to have him on here soon, guys. And I've just been trying to help with the business, uh, with his business, with my, our business, seeing how we can interact and mingle and network. Hmm, funny how that shit comes around full circle, huh, motherfuckers? But big shout out to Motor Up Suspension and Bobby Lou, what he's doing, um, grinding it out, small time business owner, you know, just getting out there and just doing suspension work. His guy's getting stuff sent to him from South America, East Coast. He gets stuff sent to him from everywhere. So, dude, I'm going to continue to support you, Bobby Lou. Big shout out to you. Uh, thanks for selling me the product. Thanks for, you know, for your time, dude. And I, I think we're going to continue to make that relationship grow. Um, next shout out is going to be to my homeboy, Scar. Uh, I know he's in it. I can't remember the dealership's name. I know he's in Texas somewhere in a Yamaha Husqvarna dealership. I'll get the name to make sure that uh, I give that dealership a direct shout out. But big shout out to him. Uh, things didn't, things, they, it's funny how things happen because life happens a certain way. One door closed, another one opened. He kept his head up. He kept grinding, and now he's got. I think he's rising to that job to the to the big seat, running the service department. So, um, good on you, Scar. Much love and respect, bro. Keep doing your thing. My homeboys Dagan and Tim. If you need a bike and you're in California, or if you're not in California, no matter where the fuck you are, you need to go holler my homeboys over BMW Motorcycles of Ventura County. You're holler at Tim. He's the main man over there. Dagan is his number two in command. Um, nothing but good things from that shop. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media come out, positive stuff that they had some a uh, little bit of lax and and, and uh, feed there for them as far as stuff being updated and whatnot. But now you know my boys are on the job. They're having fun. They're selling bikes. They're moving metal. And you know what? That's what this industry is all about, man. It's about putting smiles on faces, making dreams happen, keeping people safe, and making that fucking money. At the end of the day, it's all about that money, guys. It's business. It's nothing personal. It's fucking business. All right. Look, guys, that's my time. I want to also give a huge shout out to Joey, um, Vinny again. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, anybody out there I forgot to mention, like I said, blood lubricants. I really appreciate you guys. I'm going to be working uh, to try to build some relationships over this season. And let's see where season two takes us, guys. So, like I said, crush the rest of your fucking week. I know it's like at the end of the week, tomorrow's Thursday, so we're getting things popping. Continue to crush it, continue to kill it. Only be around positive people, guys. These negative motherfuckers that come in your life, they're gonna suck all the energy out, focus on the positive you're doing, focusing on the good. You're gonna fucking kill it and crush it this week, my peoples, okay? Much love and respect goes out to all of you, no matter what the fuck you're riding, except it's a scooter. No, I'm joking. No matter what you're riding, guys, much love and respect, be safe on the roads, Watch out for those cages out there and uh, hit me up on my social media. Okay. You got me on Instagram. Got me. All right, guys. I got a Twitter. I hate to admit this, but I kind of had to for the other half of the business. Uh, so I did get a Twitter and I'm going to give you my Twitter handle right now. Okay. It is going to be Moto Dad Tito 702 at Twitter. So. Go follow me on Twitter. I still don't know how to use it. Like I said, I just fucking put random bullshit on Twitter because I've never been a tweeting kind of guy. So 
You can holler at me on Twitter. You can holler at me on Facebook or Instagram. Please slide into my DMs. And if you got any kind of thing you want me to cover, there's a product you got a question about, please do not hesitate to give me a shout in the DMs and let me know. And also, guys, I know I want to hear feedback. Go onto our website, IMPowerSports.com. Go to our website, take a look at it, and send me your feedback. If you're like, ah, no, dude, I don't know. It's not that cool, then fine. Keep in mind, like I said, we're having some difficulties with some of our vendors right now for our fulfillment. So I had to take a lot of my sunglasses and cool parts off, but they're coming back on very soon, guys. Uh, Like I said, much love and respect goes out to you. You guys crush it. Have a good week. And I see you when I see you. Peace.